0: Just what's happening with gene editing. We get an update from a company that's making serious progress, including introduction of a commercial product for 2023. Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vocher, host and editorial director at Farm Progress. Gene editing is a key innovation that will have wide ramifications in the crop and livestock world. The ability to speed up crop enhancement through a process that involves editing genes offers a range of opportunities. Pairwise, a gene editing company, is seeing success with its use of a technique called CRISPR, which is actually an acronym for a process that's so long, no one ever spells it out. Haven Baker, Chief Business Officer from Pearwise, spoke at the recent CES event in Las Vegas discussing food and technology. We caught up with him after the speech to discuss that issue and more. Baker notes that the food industry is seeing a big change and discusses how Pearwise is moving gene editing from the lab and field to store shelves. Haven Baker, welcome to Around Farm Progress.
1: Oh, glad to be here. Thank you.
0: So we're catching up with you at CES, which is a lot of fun. Uh, Here we are at what used to be the Consumer Electronics Show, and you're talking food tech. So let's talk about that a little bit first. Why are you here?
1: Well, um technology and food have kind of come together and so there's a whole day focused on food tech here and, and and new technology and food and so there's investors there's companies like ours with products and there's there's lots of outsiders saying well how can we take some of the technology the consumer technology that has been developed in all these areas and apply it to agriculture and so this is a great place to have those conversations
0: well it is interesting how it all seems to be converging but we're here today with you're with pairwise founder co-founder and chief business officer we're talking about gene editing, and that's really where your focus is, um, but farmers haven't heard a lot about it. Can you give me a little update on where we are?
1: Sure, so maybe a, a little bit of background of what farmers have certainly heard about GMO when that transition now to G, CRISPR and gene editing so in the past, you know we're all familiar with the herbicide resistance and insect resistance that are GMOs. those were foreign DNA that were, came from somewhere that were brought into crops, and this new round of technology is is taking the native Information, the native DNA information and, and reintroducing, it, if it will. And because it doesn't have foreign DNA, it's not GMO. And we call that now gene editing. And so um, one of the main technologies to do that, there are several, but are CRISPR. And it's a way to introduce targeted targeted genetic changes. And so just give you one quick example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're all familiar with seedless grapes. And when we were kids, they had seeds, and now they don't. We're taking that same or a similar genetic mutation Bringing it to cherries to make a pitless cherry, or to blackberries to make a seedless blackberry, and so that—that's a, a specialty crop example. But we think those are the kinds of changes that are that are going to be coming to market. And I can talk about greens if, you, if you'd like to.
0: So we're t- and we'll talk about greens because you, you're introducing something here. But the uh, the very concept is this is a very sped up kind of basically traditional breeding in terms of just. When we do traditional plant breeding, we do lots of crossbreeds. We're moving genetic material from parent to parent, parent to child, that kind of thing. This just speeds that up.
1: That's right, and it's targeted, so it's very narrow and targeted. You're saying, hey, this one gene exists. I'd like to tweak it a little bit, or another plant's got it tweaked this way, and so we're going to tweak it the way it already is in nature, and it just doesn't require that generations and years and years of crossbreeding.
0: Well, and part of this is helped by the access to big data, and the fact that we mapped all the genome of a lot of critical food crops right
1: that's correct and i mean there's multiple technologies that are contributing to this time and place the, the fast dna sequencing the all the data that goes in the genomics that you just talked about and then even actually there's a lot of technology that goes into testing the plants after they've are, they've been actually made and they, they all co- and it, it just seems to be accelerating it's getting faster and faster
0: that yeah, is pretty amazing so you are introducing something here at ces that will go into the market soon tell me about that
1: yeah so our first product uh we're going to market under the brand conscious greens a Con- conscious foods apparent brand conscious greens and um i'm sure you're i hope you're a salad eater Willie. Oh, yes i yes
0: i am okay yes. so
1: do, are, do, i gotta ask do
0: you like kale less than most but i do like it
1: okay so that is the problem that if you, then you're probably familiar, kale has double the nutrition compared to like the lettuces. And that, that's why we eat it. It's generally not because we like it. There are a few exceptions, but it's, it's kind of harsh, it can be woody. There are hundreds of varieties similar to kale that are a lot more palatable, but the problem is they're really bitter or they're pungent, that horseradish. And, and mustard greens are one category, but there are others. And what we did is we used CRISPR technology to eliminate that pungency. And so now you have greens that have the, the nutrition of kale, but have the taste and texture, actually a better taste, but the texture of a lettuce. And we are bringing that to market under, under a few new salad blends, and they're going to be marketed as conscious greens.
0: So... What do you call it? I mean, I know what lettuce is, and I know what kale is, and I know different kinds of lettuce, butter, and lay it out. What do you call it?
1: Well, that's why we're, we're just going to brand it under the mark Conscious Greens, and we're going <laughs> to double the nutrition. Underneath, we're calling it variti, which is a, a, a name for the varieties. Okay. But um, in general, they're more purple they're they're different textures and um and they have a slightly different taste they feel a little they taste a little grassier a little healthier oh, wow and so um anyway that'll be under the brand conscious
0: greens well that is really interesting but that brings up that point you know we talk about soybeans and corn we're excited about some ideas we might be doing in those crops that's going to take longer
1: well i think that, that's so um this gets to gene editing is generally accepted in north and south america australia japan and Now now U.K., but Europe is still evaluating. And so until they can be globally traded, it's going to be slower in the row crops. And so what you're seeing is specialties actually moving ahead. There's some tomatoes in Japan. We're doing greens in uh, North America. And these specialty crops that can be grown in one country and sold in that country, or at least that continent, um, th- that's what's coming to the market quicker.
0: Do you see the European situation changing? I mean, go back to the European Court of Justice ruling that gene editing was just GMO which is inaccurate. But are we getting close to changing that that idea?
1: I, it's a little bit of a black box. But when I'm over in Europe, the Europeans are excited and the European regulators think it's going to happen. So I, I you know, the... The pressures on climate change, the with the the around fertility, the need for sustainability. I think that that is going to be driving op- openness towards this. And so I, I'm actually fairly optimistic, but I can't give you a timeline. Well,
0: no, no. Let's not ever try and pick a timeline on Europe. That's just not going to happen. But that brings up a, a good point. We, you still have a consumer that needs to know that conscious greens isn't GMO, but it is using very precise breeding. How do you tell that positive story so that you don't get that negative blowback?
1: I mean, really, the the conversate the, the, the problem is is when we talk about technology, no most people don't understand it. They have their view. That's why you really need to talk about the product, the product benefits, and then the and then the technology. You need to be transparent about it, but it's the reason you create a great product. And so we're marketing a product that's going kind to of double the nutrition of. of of leafy greens most consumers aren't going to care how it's created but for those that do we're going to have all that information on our website and um, and I think that the GMO thing is probably more around the retailers than it is about the consumers but it's just it's not a conversation you want to get into you just we want to stay where we're gene edited and non-GMO
0: well, we do see some movement in other parts of the food industry to bring GMO forward. That's right. You know, Impossible Foods is a GMO yep, product. That's right. Soylent is a GMO product. Um, I could go on. We we just heard one, uh, something called Mulek, which is animal protein and soybeans. Let's talk about that someday. But I mean, the whole idea is that maybe we are slowly inching the consumer down the GMO road. I think that's
1: right. Um, and now, we're in the fresh produce section. Right. So, um, and, um, and I think that one of the we're seeing a new wave of innovation but w- one of the things that's happened is we we haven't necessarily seen the traits on the gmo side that would really make fruits and vegetables fresher or better or more nutritious and i, I think crispr is just a better tool we're going to have more innovation we seeing a lot more things work in the field a lot more phenotypes um the, the traits as you will and and i think we're going to see better products come through the, these newer technologies there's better
0: well, and I think that's important for people to understand too. To be, to be truthful, GMO in plant breeding to enhance plant breeding was the low hanging fruit. You found a soil bacterium that produced BT in a corn to kill a uh, corn borer. Woohoo. This is easy to do. Changing that corn starch makeup in that complicated genome couldn't be done by adding more DNA or taking out even some until we got, cause we didn't have the tech. CRISPR idea. changes the laws, and so do a couple of the other gene editing platforms. Kind of change the rules, right?
1: Yeah, I mean that's right. So we'll take a corn example. And this is one <laughs> we work with Bayer quite a bit on yep. corn. We've made public that you know if a farmer walked a cornfield, occasionally you'll have seen. And I saw it a couple times when I was a kid. Anyway, right. a, a, a cob of corn that was really fat and short, but it was it was like the, the size like a softball rather than a, a long, right. and so. We we actually studied that to come up with a way to have more kernels around the circumference. And so we've designed an era corn that has more kernels. Um, and that's that's in field testing with Bayer. Um, and so that, that we call that kernel row number. That's an example of those precise changes you're getting at that couldn't have been done in the past and that now can be. And it's just the beginning.
0: Well, no, and I think that's exciting because... Well, it goes back to the whole idea. That's still a, that's an output trait, differently than an input trait. You know, uh, herbicide resistance and insect po- insect tolerance; those were input traits, and they don't benefit the consumer. Output traits like more kernels, produce more yield, more efficiently, better for the environment, more better sustainability issue. Conscious greens. You've got something that you've taken something that's much more healthy, and created something that should be better for we have an issue with greens all the time anyway now we look at shelf life you could look at some of those traits what are the things you're playing with
1: yeah so let's let's go down that green pathway because there are other benefits i mean there's the the there's a snippet just better nutrition and that's what most of us but when you dig in underneath right now in salinas there central california right there is a virus that's affecting lettuces and it's really hitting production well our greens don't are, are not susceptible to that so you know th- this new genetic diversity that you can bring uh, brings does bring grower and farm advantages. I think another you know right now Yuma's been really cold. Right. Well, the greens we have are happen to do a little bit better in colder weather, and so and this gets to can we can we focus on right. some of this climate volatility to have better varieties for these better production systems and handle that. So, I, you know, there is a focus on the grower, but I think the public conversation needs to, to stay around nutrition and these consumer benefits.
0: Well, and you bring up a good point, and let's talk about the disease for a minute. If your product doesn't isn't susceptible to that Salinas disease, you can sometimes break a cycle with a rotation program. Is that part of what you're looking at?
1: Well, I, we're just getting going. Right. But, but I think so. I think that's, that's a possibility. Now, I think... In particular, from what I understand about INSV, which is that disease, right. that actually harbors in all the grasses around the field. Right. So it will help, but the but we've wrote so far rotation has not helped enough in, with that direction. We're going to need varieties that are resistant. That's, I think that's just the, the long and the short.
0: But you now can identify in your green what is the resistant gene that perhaps might exist in another green yep. in some wild yep. type or whatever. Right. That, that's You're not right. going to bring it from your green to another green. You would they would be.
1: That'd I think be... I think longer term, both are open, but wow. right now we're, you know, we've got the seeds and we're ready to go and we're going to start yeah. planting.
0: Well, it's very exciting when I, you know, when I first started talking to Pairwise years ago, startup land, you yeah. know, there's no, no product, you know, it's yeah. all exciting. Now you got product.
1: Yeah, that's exactly, we're excited. We're, um, you know, we, we look at this whole green and, and all the money so far has gone into indoor which are just growing the same things, which are outdoor. And look, they're more sustainable, and I'm happy to see that innovation. But this will be the first actual new product, something different that we haven't been eating.
0: It'll be in a mix. It's not going to just be standing in a...
1: Yeah, we have a bunch of varieties, so maybe I shouldn't clarify that. that But we've added a number of varieties to have a mix of greens. I mean, most most of the salads we're buying today are a mixture of greens. And we've chosen ones that have different colors and different texture to make a great salad.
0: Right. Because, in other words, I'm not going to find your product just by itself on a shelf, like I find the lettuce, the tomatoes, things like that. Yeah, you
1: will. It's going to oh, be really? branded Conscious Greens, okay. and it's going to be a bag of salad. It's going
0: to be edited. But it's going to be a mixed salad, mixed green salad, right?
1: Well, the they, the edited varieties right. are the salad, right? Okay, right? So, it. so it is a bag of salad with nice. it, with edited with new edited cultivars. Yeah.
0: Well, that is. It'll be interesting. We'll to, we will check back because okay. this goes to the re, no. This goes to the retailers win.
1: 2nd uh, We're starting in food service, first half, and it goes to retail in West Coast, second half of the year.
0: We may touch base later this year to yeah, see yeah, how it's yeah. going, because it's always exciting to see some new That's development. Great. Haven Baker from Pearwise, uh, nice talking to you today. Enjoy the rest of CES.
1: Yeah, thank you, Willie. Great to be here. Good to talk to you.
0: Well, it may be a few months before your local grocery store is selling gene-edited conscious foods greens. It's worth looking for them. Lack of nutrition is a continuing challenge for consumers, and an opportunity for technology like gene editing to shine. Thanks to Haven Baker from PearWise for that update on this promising technology. This was an interesting conversation, and if you don't want to miss what we're talking about here at Around Farm Progress, simply subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform – Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and more. And if you have a smart speaker, all you have to do is tell it to listen to Around Farm Progress and you'll hear the latest episode. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands, as well as Farm Futures, Beef, National Hog Farmer and Feedstuffs, and our events including the Farm Progress Show, Husker Harvest Days, the Farm Future Summit, and the New York Farm Show. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.